Welcome back to The Best Trip Ever, the podcast that shares our travels with you and not only shows you where we go, but tells you how we got there, how you can do it, and a great way to book your trips as well. I think we offer some of the best information you're going to find in any podcast, in any YouTube video, anywhere. So please hit that like, comment, and definitely subscribe to The Best Trip Ever here on SoundCloud and also on YouTube. And don't forget, you can find The Best Trip Ever on Facebook and The Best Trip Ever on Twitter. I'm Jim. She is Carrie. As I mentioned, this is the best trip ever, but today maybe we could call it the best theme park ever, or at least one of the best theme parks in the world. I was really pleasantly surprised by WB World in Abu Dhabi. Yeah, we were looking at finding out what we wanted to do for our 10th wedding anniversary, and we had loved a trip to Dubai about five years ago. So we said, hey, let's go back to Dubai and add on Abu Dhabi and pick up some theme park credits. So as we're recording this, uh, WB World in Abu Dhabi is a little over a year old, so it's a really new theme park. And as Carrie mentioned, it's an indoor theme park. It's in this huge structure. It's like the size of like 10 Costco's or something. It's massive. And that's just the public areas. Considering the rides, it's got to be even bigger. But I have to tell you, when it comes to indoor theme parks, sometimes you think, oh, this is going to be like an arcade or it's going to have just a lot of flat rides. I was so impressed with the theming and the quality of every ride. There is not a bad ride in this entire park. Yeah, this is amazing. This is the world's largest indoor theme park is what they boast. And when we first got there, it looks like you're coming into a really fancy office building because it doesn't look like a theme park and you wonder what am I doing here? How are there going to be rides inside this structure? And wow, this has a major wow factor. So you walk in and they've got all of the DC and licensed Warner Brothers Looney Tunes characters up on the wall. They've got a bronze statue of Bugs Bunny. You get your tickets and you go in and right there at the front, uh, for us anyway, I think for a lot of people, they have a picture. You can get a picture taken with the guy, Bugs Bunny. Yeah, that was so fun. I was joking with Jim that my goal was to see how many character photos we could get on this particular theme park visit. And I think we ended up with 18 by the end of the day. I think the only one we missed was Daffy Duck. Yeah, other than that, we covered all of our bases. And if we had to do that at, say, a Disney park, we would be there a week and still wouldn't hit them all. Yeah, it was so easy to get access to all of the characters. Uh, they'll use your phone and take pictures. You can also buy the photo package. We'll talk about that later. But let's talk about the lands. I thought that they did such a great job with the theming and the characters they chose, just everything. Yeah, I would say, you know, my enthusiasm level was the highest for the cartoons going into it because I'd seen a little bit about it. I try not to research too much because I like surprises. And I was not disappointed in the slightest. I was so excited to actually go to Bedrock and hang out with the Flintstones. Now, the Flintstones have got a ride that is very similar, I guess, in structure to Splash Mountain. But actually, to be honest, the Bedrock River Adventure, and this could be blasphemous for some people, um, when it comes to the number of characters and the storytelling and the theming, and I, I think maybe I like this ride better than Splash Mountain. But maybe it's because Splash Mountain is 30 years old and I've ridden it so many times, but... I loved Bedrock River Adventure. Yeah, we were lucky enough to ride it twice. Granted, it was so empty at the park we could have... Granted. 
Um, but we were lucky enough to ride it multiple times. And each time I saw something different. I didn't watch a lot of cartoons growing up, but the Flintstones were definitely ones that I watched. And they made just about every reference that you could think of that was in the cartoon. They had so many Easter eggs and callbacks. And that's one of the things in all of these rides. Whomever is responsible, obviously, either one, did a lot of research or two, knew the source material for every licensed character because every ride felt like a love letter to the individual characters and licenses that these rides were based on. And the Flintstones is no different. Uh, You go through a scene and they're using an elephant to water the lawn. They're using some sort of crustacean as a lawnmower, just like in the Flintstones. Uh, They go bowling. Um, They drive the car. Um, there's there's a, a the four insects a reference to the Beatles like band that was on the Flintstones. So many references and callbacks. I just loved it. Yeah, I love the part that they had the water buffalo, the lo- Royal Order of the Water Buffalo with the hats. I mean, every little detail, right down to when, if you recall, in every episode of the Flintstones, when Fred and Barney are leaving work and the cuckoo, that noise was there at the end too. It is fantastic. What a great ride and not only that but the entire area of bedrock feels like you're in the flintstones yeah we even ate at the bedrock restaurant and i think you had a brontosaurus rib for lunch well sure when you're going to be there and they've got the car out front with the giant rib one i mean i'm not a monster you have to have the giant rib yeah that was a must do so that was one of the parts that i was actually really looking forward to and i thought i was going to be disappointed and it went above my expectations they even have a brontosaurus burger which is like a giant hamburger you can order but and the the staff was so nice in that restaurant yeah the staff there at the whole entire park they're so friendly because when we first arrived what happens is the park opens at 10 a.m but you can only go into the main warner brothers plaza the gift shops are open a couple of cafes and then they get ready to do kind of a light show with movies so as we were waiting for everything to start for the 11 o'clock open for rope drop the cast kept coming up and talking to us and giving us helpful hints and make sure you don't miss that and see this and they were so nice and they really seemed to enjoy their jobs incredible staffing i thought that some of the friendliest staff we've ever met in a theme park other areas right next to bedrock dynamite gulch which again it looks like you are in a Roadrunner cartoon. Yeah, that one was right on the mark. And the great thing is, as you're going through these, the characters are out there. So there was Wiley e. Coyote to get your picture taken with. And all the different characters, and they were all in their locations where they should be. And it's so easy to get your photos with them. And they have a roller coaster, the Fast and Furious. Get it? Because Fast, you get it. But the theming is incredible. You go through the queue to the line, and they've got callbacks to all of the Roadrunner cartoons and all of the things that the the Coyote, Wiley Coyote, has ordered over the years. They've got the green Batman suit that he ordered. They've got a giant slingshot, uh, a jet-powered unicycle. All of these things that you get and go through the queue to ride this roller coaster, which again, the seats look like they're powered by a giant firecracker. Yeah, and it's an inverted hanging coaster, so it was a lot of fun, probably less than two minutes, maybe a minute and a half at the most, but it was a fun little coaster, really smooth, which was nice, because a lot of those kid-style coasters that I've been on, kind of rattly, this 
one very comfortable. And uh, right next door to Bedrock, they had the, the Jetsons tea, teacup ride, or like a Dumbo ride. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. And unlike most of those Dumbo-style Dumbo rides, you actually could turn your spaceship all the way around 360 degrees. So definitely got the tummy stuff with the going around in a circle. And that's the thing. There were a number of rides for every land, and usually they had two or three really you know, e-ticket type attractions to steal a Disney term. And even the flat rides, the lesser attractions, had some twist to them or extra theming. There literally isn't a bad ride in this park. No, and another one that I really enjoyed was over where they really poked fun at all the Acme products, which is fun because in every, you know, Looney Tunes, they always have the Acme brand. So again, an interactive ride where you're shooting with an Acme gun. And rather than just being a bunch of screens that you're shooting at, you actually were shooting at both screens and, and actual characters too for your points. And a mayhem. And it was so funny to use these classic cartoon licenses and then update it that you're essentially working for Acme like an Amazon-style company and you're scanning all of these packages sort of like Amazon. And it's so well-themed and you've got this woman talking to you throughout the uh, training that you're doing. And again, so many great callbacks to all the cartoons they even have. And this is a little bit of a spoiler and I was so thrilled because the whole time we were there, I didn't tell you this. But one of my favorite cartoons is from like the 40s with Owl Jolson, the little uh, owl that sings, I love to sing uh, about the moon and the Jude. And guess what? He's in this ride. And I went insane. What a great callback. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. But for me, the highlight in Cartoon Junction was the Cartoon Junction carousel. I love a good carousel, and to this day, I've always said my favorite carousel is the Carousel at Universal Orlando, but yesterday, it was topped. The Cartoon Junction Carousel had just about every character you could think of from Looney Tunes. You could ride with Pebbles, you could ride with Dino, you could ride with Yogi and, and Boo Boo Bear. I mean, pretty much every character. Pepe Le Pew, who knew that I wanted to ride a Pepe Le Pew? Or maybe even one of them I rode, um, my favorite character that I think I rode on was riding a bicycle. I was riding a tandem bicycle with Bugs Bunny. But that carousel... Hands down, my favorite now. Each carousel character has a different way to interact with it. Like you mentioned, Bugs is on a bicycle. Uh, Marvin the Martian is on a rocket ship that you step onto. So each character has got a different seating arrangement for literally each spot on the carousel. That makes it so creative and so special. Yeah, I loved it. I think I went around to every single character and took a picture of it because I couldn't get over the detail. And one of the nice things I must admit with having an indoor park that you don't have at, say, an outdoor park, things don't fade. You don't have the sunlight fading your rides, so everything stays really, really fresh. You know, there are a lot of videos out there about this park, and there's some very good videos, and no disrespect to anyone, but... I don't know that a video can completely capture the detail and the attention to detail that is taken in this park. Probably the best ride in the park and maybe the best dark ride in the world right now is Scooby-Doo and the Museum of Mysteries. 
Yeah, this was one fantastic one. The outside of it even looks like the the house that you would be walking through. It's not just a flat front. It's very dimensional. And as you're walking through the queue, and since there was no line, we really didn't get to probably spend enough time in the queue, which is kind of ironic. But there's so many details. And again, didn't watch a lot of cartoons growing up, but Scooby-Doo was one of them that I did watch. And they made every reference out there. This one was fabulous. This ride has got technology that's modern it's got the trackless dark ride and not only that the ride cars are the mystery machine van and you go through three ride cars at a time and depending on which car you get into you have a different experience you see different effects and different monsters and different characters this is an incredible ride and it feels as close as you can get to being in a Scooby-Doo cartoon. Yeah, this ride reminded me so much of Eftel and of um, Symbolica and Efteling in the Netherlands that we went to last year. The same kind of feel that each ride was different because you didn't know which direction your ride car was going to go and which scenes you were going to go to. And it was just fabulous. And again, you felt like you were right in the cartoon, right down to every little saying that you'd heard, every little, you know, row, row, and I need a Scooby snack, you name it, it was in the ride. Different costumes, different characters, references. Each time you go through, you discover something something new. This ride is incredible. And like I said, it's it's so subjective, but as far as technology, as far as interactivity and creativity, this this may be the best dark ride in the world right now and that's saying something. Yeah, I think this one's right up there with a favorite of mine. And I just think they thought of every little detail. And the fun part is we got out of the attraction and there they had the the van was sitting there and Scooby and Shaggy were there for photos. And they were the most interactive and probably on point characters for a photo meet and greet that I think I've ever seen. Shaggy had the voice down. He made references to everything. Um, he was a great interactive character. Yeah, that was so much fun. And then right next to it, Tom and Jerry. Yet another great ride. This one's easy to miss because the facade is a house and it's very easy to walk by, but it's right right in the corner with the carousel and the mystery machine. So watch out for it. Matter of fact, um, one of the uh, colleagues, one of the get people that work in guest relations mentioned that we should ride this ride. And he's right. Yeah, it's great because it's an indoor coaster, kind of like a Mad Mouse. And most of it's a Mad Mouse, get it? Because it's Tom and Jerry. (laughs) Again, cheesy jokes go with the cheesy category of the theme park. Um, Tom and Jerry's Ride, which they actually call Tom and Jerry's Swiss Cheese Spin, is amazing because most of these Mad Mouse um, rides I don't really care for. They whip you around, there's no theming, and it just feels like a one minute of pain. And this one, a dark inside coaster, and it was actually well-themed and really smooth. And it spun when it was supposed to spin. You weren't jostled around. It was a really fun ride. Matter of fact, the people that wrote it right before us wanted to ride again and they had kids and that's how much they loved it if you've been on rock and roller coaster or maybe the mummy um you have a lot of set pieces with tom and jerry tunnels that you're running through and lights flash and you see different scenes from tom and jerry again because it's a mad mouse and jerry's a mouse it works on so many levels and it's a great ride again we have been on so many of these spinning mad mouse style coasters and invariably to be honest they're terrible and this one is fantastic again there are no bad rides at this park 
Absolutely not. I mean, so many good things to do. And just the theming. I mean, they even have a restaurant. It's only open for special occasion, but it's Bistro Le Pew, which is a Pepe Le Pew restaurant. And again, just punny jokes around everything. This is a love letter to all of those cartoons that you grew up watching uh, that they've recreated many times. And again, um, some people were like, is this a vintage park? No, it's brand new. It's just that they've done these licenses, these licensed characters justice finally. And it's kind of annoying that we don't have these in the United States. Um, and, and I'll get into that in a second as we talk about Gotham City and Metropolis and other spots. Yeah, it was just fabulous. And even the gift shops, every shop is themed. So the gift shop in Bedrock was looks like you're in a cave in Bedrock. And the merchandise is fantastic. You've got everything from you know, your standard t-shirts, which I saw when I loved and then We ended up buying the magnet, which said WBW instead of WDW, which I thought was nice, a pun. But you could also get aqua socks for children that were pebbles and bam bam feet. So really creative merchandise. All of the themes, all of the uh, shops are themed to different characters and different licenses, and they all are fantastic. Um, so you go across uh, the uh, the Warner Brothers Plaza and you can go into Metropolis, which again is sort of a superhero, super friends, all of the DC licensed superheroes. Uh, there's a Superman 360 degree movie, which again is excellent. Yeah, I didn't know what to expect on this one. Um, as we went in, they gave you glasses and you stood in kind of an, a staging area, which actually ended up being like a circle vision like they used to have back in the day at Disney. And it was really interesting and so high quality, too. You really felt like you were moving along with Clark Kent and Lois Lane. Um, the one thing about the other areas with Gotham City and Metropolis, they do have a lot of screen-based rides. They're all different systems, which we'll talk about. But when you have superheroes that are based on fast action and excitement it's like it only makes sense that it's screen based but when you go back to say the Flintstones and Shaggy and Scooby very limited screens lots of practical effects so I didn't I wasn't bothered by the fact that these tended to be more screen based rides no they really fit in and one thing that was interesting is they really take the lighting into effect so when you're over in Cartoon Junction and you're over at the Flintstones and Bedrock it's bright and light and it looks like it's daylight and as you head into Metropolis and head into Gotham City it gets dark and it turns it definitely goes from day to night so the lighting in these lands is, is right on point as well they have the Teen Titans Training Academy, which is another practical ride where you are strapped into a bar above and you climb on things and jump from place to place in a secure environment. But that looked really cool. They also have the Green Lantern Galactic Odyssey, which is a flying theater, sort of the same style as Soarin' Over California. Yeah, that one was interesting. That was very interactive. And at one point I was thinking, I mean, there was a lot more motion than, say, going on Soren. And I kept thinking, am I going to lose my flip-flops on this one? Because we were really flying and following the Green Lantern. And I really enjoyed the storyline on that one. I wasn't real familiar with the character because I'm not a huge superhero fan. And so it was great when they were actually explaining the story. I think I learned something even more than on Big Bang Theory. So... As Carrie mentioned, Soren is a very elegant ride, and there are times with the storyline of Green Lantern where this system, which you're not used to, goes faster and moves faster, and that's that's a lot of fun. It's a nice twist on the flying theater. Um, the other ride that I really enjoyed was Justice League War World Attacks, and 
the biggest question I had about this is this: if this was going to be a recreation of the Justice League ride that's at all the Six Flag parks in the United States, and it is not. Uh, you walk into the Hall of Justice, and there are these huge statues in bronze or gold of all of the core DC superhero characters. And then you get into like a car very similar to, say, Transformers or Spider-Man at Universal. Yeah, it had a really neat feeling to it, getting into the car. The only thing is I think I would have preferred to sit in the back row because I was having a little bit more of a challenge seeing over the top. I would say the only thing is that I probably needed to be elevated slightly, probably to see more, but way better than the Justice League ride that we rode at Six Flags Mexico City, which I thought was rather boring, and I really don't care for Terminator at Universal Orlando. So this one I enjoyed very much. Transformers. This is much better than Transformers. There's more practical sets than Transformers. I would say it's very comparable to the Spider-Man attraction, maybe better because it's newer technology, but just outstanding. Uh, The other area is Gotham City, and again, this feels like you are in Gotham City, it's dark and it's brooding and the buildings are really tall and detailed. Uh, You go through the Joker's Fun House, which um, which is a, is 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 like like a funhouse, like Hotel Tartuffe for other areas in Europe. Yeah, and I thought we were going to be stuck in that thing for a while because that Hall of Mirrors was really tricking your brain. It was a heck of a lot of fun. So you go through all the different levels of the funhouse, and you end up with going down a slide to get out. It is so fun. They do they do do some jump scares, so it's a little bit scary. It's kind of an eerie thing, but. I wouldn't say it's it's too scary at all, but it's really well-themed. It's got great atmosphere with music, and they're different characters. There's Mr. Freeze, and there's Two-Face, and Catwoman, and Poison Ivy, and really well done. Yeah, that was great. And of course, while we were there, they were doing a show with Harley Quinn and the Joker and the Riddler. And of course, Jim got called up for that one. And they gave, they were doing a birthday party and they gave him a clown nose because he had a really great Batman and Robin shirt on. My friend got me a shirt that with the 1966 Batman and Robin on it. So it's a callback to that classic TV show. And a lot of the characters made reference to it. Batman, when I went up and got a picture with Batman in the park, he goes, that's my dad. That was really great. And I loved how good, high quality the costumes were on all these characters, too. They did not spare a dime on any of the quality in this park. One of the rides we'd never been on before is, I guess, primarily called the Disco Coaster. And that was the Riddler Revolution, which you're on this disc that goes back and forth and up and down on this roller coaster track. Yeah, and we've seen it in every Six Flags park and Great America and whatnot. And we always kind of look like, oh, that looks pretty boring. But this one we decided since it was in the dark to give it a try. And wow, was I impressed. It was probably the smoothest coaster and just did a 360 spin. And it was one of those I really, really enjoyed. So I guess my opinion maybe it changed on those. And I may actually try one at a different theme park coming forward. But really the special effects, the theatrical smoke, the lighting, the music, really made for the atmosphere on this ride, in addition to all of the smooth coaster technology. Um, I love Batman. And in particular, I love the Batman Arkham video games, Arkham Asylum, Arkham Knight, all of those games. And this Gotham City feels like you're there. The Catwoman character, she looks like the Catwoman from the Arkham games. And on top of that, They have Batman Night 
flight, which again feels exactly like you're in these Arkham video games. Yeah, that one, I wasn't sure what it was going to be like. We got into this arm and I kind of looked at Jim going, what are we doing? And he said, I think we're doing Harry Potter. And it was very similar to the design and that hanging uh, ride that we had at Harry Potter in Orlando. So the story is that you are in this glider. And again, you're in this uh, car that's four across and it feels like you're hang gliding and you're assisting Batman from the air in his mission to find out what the Joker is up to. And you're on the you're on an arm. I think it's called a Kulka arm, like like Harry Potter. And you go through different screens, and there's practical effects. I won't say that it's exactly up to the level of Harry Potter. There probably aren't enough practical scenes, but it is still an excellent ride. Yeah, it was really interesting, and especially because I knew nothing of what to expect on this. I hadn't done any research, and I don't know, obviously, the video games as much as Jim does, but I really enjoyed it because you just didn't know it was around the next corner. And I'm surprised you enjoyed it. I thought if there was a ride you weren't going to like, it was this one. No, I actually really enjoyed it. And it was, again, another one of those hanging ones. So I had to go barefoot. They're really good about providing storage spaces. If you do have a handbag or you have to get rid of your shoes on a couple of these hanging, they don't charge you and nickel and dime you for lockers. They just have a storage space there, which was quite handy. So this Batman night flight, you start out in the Batcave and the attention to detail is incredible there there's like rocks on the wall and there's metal structures it looks literally like you're in the bat cave they spent a lot of money obviously on this attraction to put in details where really they didn't need to but those details made all the difference yeah that was the one of the things that i noticed throughout the park is that in a lot of theme parks we've been to they would just have a concrete wall but here i mean they put in rivets and detail it wasn't necessary, but it really adds to it. And that's what makes this the difference between an amusement park and a theme park, the theming. So here's my rant. Uh, Batman may be the most underserved character when it comes to theme parks because of Six Flags. All they do is they pick some off-the-shelf roller coaster, slap a Batman logo on it, maybe stick a Batmobile out in front, and suddenly that's Batman the Ride. Uh, the Dark Ride, the, the Justice League, the fight for Metropolis is fine, but it's not really a Batman ride. And as I sit here and see Batman Night Flight, and I see the uh, the rides for Superman and Green Lantern and everybody, I'm like, why can't Six Flags do justice to these incredibly popular characters? It's like Disney now has Marvel, so now we're going to see more Marvel characters get better rides. And at the same time, these DC licenses, which has which have been damaged because of the terrible movies, I grant you that. But I still think there's a lot of mileage you can get out of them by giving them high quality theming dark rides in a theme park experience. And we're just not getting it. But we got it here at WB. Yeah, they definitely spent the time, spent the money, did the research. This was not a turn and burn kind of theme park. Whoever came up with the concept of this really did their homework. And as you would say, put it as a love letter to doing it as a theme park. If you love these characters, uh, I would, or if you love theme parks and dark rides, 
For dark rides, this is probably really the best theme park you can go to because there's so many high quality dark rides. Yeah, this one was just so fantastic. I mean, we just enjoyed every single minute at this park. And it's not that um, expensive, really, when you consider what you pay for, say, a Disney park nowadays. At the rate of exchange, yesterday's interest, it's about $85 for an adult. And the prices, the gift shops are typical, about $35 for a t-shirt, for example. You know, lunch is about $40. So it really is right on the mark, Considering the quality of the theme park, we didn't feel that the prices were that high. Except for the photo package. That hands down was the biggest ripoff. And luckily, they let you use your own phone when you do photos because we, you know, we took a ton of pictures, as we said. We were just hamming it up, having a good time, jokingly working on our holiday card for this year. And so we went into one of the photo stands and they loaded all of our ticket numbers into the computer. And she said, okay, how about... You buy all of them, we give you the USB, and we print out 13 photos for you. Sure, sounds great. We were on par with doing that. And then she told me the price, which was, I believe, 800 AED. And then I ran the conversion on that. It was like $225. So needless to say, we said no. Of course, she tried to wheel and deal a bit with us, which seemed kind of silly, and said, how about if you buy one picture? That was still $35. I would say... That's the one thing that I felt was overpriced was the photos, and I'm glad we took a lot of them with our own ca- with our own cameras because that one was expensive. We've bought a USB before. We did that at, say, Paris Disneyland last year, and I think we spent $75. That was fine, but $225, that's too much. Way too much. And clearly this woman, um, by the way, she was wheeling and dealing. She must get a cut for everything she sells because she was... You know, in I, I, she was not rude. I don't want to say that, or I don't want to come off as rude, but she was definitely insisted at times in a gentle way that, you know, we had to buy through her and come back and do it through her. So obviously there's some sort of incentive for people with the pictures, but we would have been happy to buy the pictures, but not at that price point. I'm so glad you uh, did the conversion. Yeah, thank goodness for my international converter on my phone because at first I was, you know, I was guessing what I thought it was and I was like, you know, 100, okay. But once I realized the price, we don't need that many photos of ourselves. We don't have that many family members that need a picture of us with Marvin the Martian. I would have been happy to buy the package had it been more reasonably priced. I would have loved a frame had they been more reasonably priced. The t-shirts were a little expensive too, but you know, that's kind of the way it goes. But in a day filled with positives, I would say that's the only negative. Absolutely. I mean, over Overall, value for value, we really got a really good value for our day. So what were your top three favorite things? My three favorite things were character engagement, the fact that we got to get so many fun photos and we weren't spending hours in line. Of course, Cartoon Junction Carousel, hands down my favorite carousel in the world. If you're listening out there, that means I've set the bar pretty darn high. And last but not least, I think it's going to be Bedrock and being there with the Flintstones and bringing me back to my childhood and watching those cartoons and Pebbles and Bam Bam and all those crazy scenes that I got to see come to life. And yourself? Number one, easy. Uh, Scooby-Doo and the Museum of Mysteries. I love a good dark ride and this was and is a great dark ride. Try to ride it in all three different cars. You'll get three different experiences, the detail, the callbacks, everything this it's so hard to say but for right now this is probably my favorite ride in the world and that's saying something uh number two i agree with you bedrock and in particular the river adventure the the bedrock river ride Uh, so much detail it's a log flume like splash mountain a great story so many jokes 
Um, again, I think right now, I not to say that Splash Mountain is bad, it's a classic, no question, but I think right now I like this better than Splash Mountain. Um, the one thing I will say is I came here expecting to really love the Batman and Metropolis areas, and make no mistake, I do, but because they are so faithful with the dark characters and the dark lighting and the mood and everything, it's so successful um, it really says something about all of you can do with bright colors and bright lighting with uh, the cartoon area and with bedrock. You can be so much more creative and it's less limiting. So the fact that I like these two things more than Batman, I think, says something to the design choices. But number three, I've got to go with Gotham City. Uh, Batman Night Flight. Uh, the Joker's um, Fun House, the R Riddler Revolution, everything there. It's just like being in the cartoons. Hall of Justice, a close 3B, but there's so much to love about this park. And to think that of this trip, this is theme park one of four coming up. So we've got another one to go today in Abu Dhabi, two more to go in Dubai, and two more water parks. So six parks on this trip, and we can't wait to the next one. We should mention that this park, WB, is right across the street, essentially, from Ferrari World. So keep that in mind if you're coming out here in Ferrari World. We'll tell you about coming up the next time. Yep, and this is located on Yaz Island, which is the area in Abu Dhabi. It's being totally developed, so there's a ton to do. We only allotted two nights for our stay here, but I definitely would come back and stay for a longer amount of time next time. There's a whole entertainment district here. There's a racetrack. Uh, there are malls. There are shopping centers. There's a huge Ace Hardware for, <laughs> for some reason. I don't know why, but it's here, and it's supposed to be spectacular. Uh, another example... Uh, UFC, uh, UFC 242, for the first time ever in Abu Dhabi, was here on Yaz Island at the sports complex. So there's a lot to see and a lot to do here. And we'll tell you about Ferrari World uh, coming up. But please like, comment, and subscribe to The Best Trip Ever, particularly on our YouTube channel. Search The Best Trip Ever. Search my name, Jim Valley, and it'll come right up. So please, please subscribe if you've enjoyed this. Yep, and keep listening because we're getting ready to go ride the fastest coaster in the world. So definitely check out Warner Brothers World in Abu Dhabi if you like theme parks, if you like attention to detail, if you love all of these characters, if you're a fan of dark rides, definitely try to come to Abu Dhabi and make WB World part of your best trip ever.